0: This is the Beaver Tales Podcast with Josh Wharton, who has covered Oregon State athletics since 2013.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Beaver Tales Podcast, where we talk with former Oregon State athletes about their memories at OSU and what they've done ever since then, and how they're different people from their time in Corvallis. Our guest today, Stephen Christian. He played safety on the OSU football team in 2012 and 13. But it was clear, even while competing for the Beavers, that his life was bigger than football. By the time he arrived in Corvallis, he had already graduated with a degree in psychology with an emphasis in neuroscience. He spent four years playing football for Hawaii, but spent most of the time injured and recovering from multiple hip surgeries, which afforded him the time to develop his artistic skills. Stephen has dabbled in cartooning, video special effects, animation, comic art illustration costume design podcasting He even illustrated for the daily barometer newspaper while playing football at osu and he's hoping to get into medical school later this month yeah there's a lot there you can find his artwork online at illtopia.com that's illtopia.com i-l-t-o-p-i-a so it's like the word ill and topia but ill with one l but uh to make it easier i'll put that link In the show notes, you can just click on it and go to his website and check out all the work that he's done. Also, every episode of this podcast features a local business or charity. And I asked Stephen if he had any in mind he'd like to support. And he mentioned an organization in Corvallis he benefited with a charity event back when he was in Corvallis using his own artwork, which was Jackson Street Youth Shelter. They're an amazing organization. They help local youth through mentoring and other resources. For a better future, you can find their website. Just search Jackson Street Youth Shelter on Google, and you can read their success stories they've had. You can sign up to be a mentor for local youth or donate money, and uh, you can help out Jackson Street Youth Shelter. And you can do that while listening to this episode of Beaver Tales. All right, here is an Oregon State football player who's got quite the story to tell. A native of Sacramento, California, now residing in Portland, Oregon, Stephen Christian. Steven, thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. You
0: know, in the age of Corona, this is a, the things are starting to like, feel like a new normal right now.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll get a lot into the stuff you've done. And art is a broad term. And, and a lot of the stuff you're doing is different areas of art. So I'll ask more about that later on in the conversation. But one quick one just off the top is, it seems like a lot of the stuff that you do are things you could do while quarantine—the the graphic design, the illustration, all that stuff. So, so I feel like you probably are staying pretty busy.
0: Yes, yes, it, uh, which is really crazy because uh, since everything kind of started, uh, most of like the event stuff that I was working on um, that sort of went by the wayside. Like that stuff got canceled, but a lot of the remote stuff is definitely picked up. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so, even though like some opportunities fell through, others have really, really like I, I've been really
1: busy. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. It's good to stay busy and stay, uh, keep getting those opportunities rolling. We'll come back to what those opportunities are and what you're doing with your life now, but we'll first kind of establish your Oregon State connection, what you did in your time in Corvallis and how that led into what you're doing now. Take me back to 2012 and 2013 where you're an Oregon State football player and before that a little bit, you're coming from Hawaii and played already four years there. You weren't healthy for all four years but you were there in Honolulu for for four and had already graduated with your bachelor's and correct me if I'm wrong, you essentially were just working on your master's in your two years at Oregon State. So you were even pretty busy while at OSU playing uh, football and majoring in interdisciplinary studies getting your master's degree, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was, it was really weird because, uh, I, I was at, I was at Hawaii. I originally like was there and I only played like maybe like out of, out of like my four years there, I only played maybe like a handful of games. Uh, I traveled for, uh, for one year and I really only played a handful of games and then I ended up getting a uh, two hip surgeries, uh, uh, for two different years. And so, uh, and so when I got to Oregon state, it was like, I, you know, like I pretty much was a freshman again, but I had, I already had a degree and, uh, and yeah, it was, it was just kind it was just kind of weird that, uh, that coming from high school that I kind of had like this weird, like lame duck period, uh, at Hawaii. And, uh, what people don't really know is that actually actually quit the team my last year after I had my second surgery. And uh, when I had my second surgery, I wasn't sure if I was going to be playing again. And so I just decided to just focus on school.
1: Wow. So that makes it that much more surprising that you, your college career did not in there, but you actually transferred, played not just at a D1 school, but a Power 5 conference school. And you got some playing time as a defensive back. Uh, I'll come back to Hawaii in a second and how that started your artistic side. But at Oregon State, you did have one. Interception against Arizona State, 2012. Do you remember yeah. that play and one of your highlights uh, in a Beaver uniform? Do you remember that play in particular?
0: Yes, I remember that play in particular because that was um, a calendar year after I had my second surgery, and so uh, so it was literally 363 days before or after I quit the the team in Hawaii and uh, ended up getting my first uh, ended up getting my first interception. That was also my birthday weekend. It was uh, in terms of uh, I always joke around that that was like my ESPN thirty for thirty moment, you know, because uh, I, I literally went from uh, not being able to walk a, uh, a year prior to getting my first interception on uh, on national TV, and yeah. so uh, and so it was it was it was definitely uh, one of those highlights that I, that I'll definitely cherish.
1: Two good years that you spent in Oregon State, two good years for football. Those are the last two bowl games that Oregon State has still made. And those yeah. Are two that's years crazy. since you were on the team. They're getting back there, so I have a feeling this next season uh, may break that streak. But you played for two years at OSU. So take me back to Hawaii. You had two hip surgeries, at least one of them, or maybe both of them, were bilateral hip reconstruction surgeries it doesn't sound like something that you are back on your feet and playing full contact football two weeks after that. I'm guessing that that took you a while to rehab. How long did that take you and and what did you discover about yourself what did that lead you into while you were rehabbing
0: yeah so uh so the first surgery I did was after my was actually i got injured the spring of my freshman year so my right shirt freshman year i ended ended up uh tearing my hip flexor and the, I learned sort of like the the politics of like athletics and college athletics to where I, I had to sort of prove my prove that I got injured and I needed surgery for like three or four months prior to actually getting my first surgery. And so after that, um, I had hip reconstructive surgery uh, because it took so long to get the surgery. There was a lot more damage that was done, and so they actually had to go in had uh, this huge incision on my uh, on my right side and they had to essentially reshape the ball and socket joint. And so they had to go and shave the, save, shave the joint, uh, take some of the tendons and everything, try to stitch that back together and some of the cartilage. And, uh, then I, then they kind of let me free and it took me about, I was in a, in a wheelchair for about a month. And then I sort of rehab with crutches and everything, but I wasn't able to do any sort of jogging or, or walking or running for like eight months. And so, and so that, that really, yeah, I, I think that part of that, that like small part of my life was, uh, was definitely a blur because I, I couldn't really, all I could think about was just trying to get back on the field. And so I wasn't necessarily like art wasn't really there anymore or art wasn't there at, at that point. And I was just focused on just like school and trying to uh, get back onto the field. And then when I had my second surgery, which was probably like a, a year later, so after my, after my redshirt freshman year, uh, and I traveled and everything, and played. Then I ended up having my second surgery uh, the year prior, and so uh, and so from there, that's when I was like, okay, maybe I should start thinking about what different things I sh- I could be focusing on while I'm recovering, because uh, it's hard to come back from one surgery, but it, it's it's really hard to come back from two surgeries, and especially yeah. if the the second surgery is on my other side. And so uh, and so from there, I was just like, okay, let me just like see what else, you know, uh, Hawaii or my school had to offer. And also like what other stuff I had interest in. Cause, um, again, that, that process of, um, recovery was going to be another eight months, uh, eight to nine months that, uh, that I, I, I had to figure out
1: what to do with. Yeah. So you're, you're cooped up, you're not able to play football. You're not even really able to exercise for at least part of that time. So then you turn to something new and that kind of seems like the starting point for, this wildly creative artistic person that you are now. And as I look at your website and the designs that you've made, the cartoons that you put together, the animations, the special effects and video, the podcast, the YouTube, it's it's crazy how diverse of a portfolio you have and how creative you've become. So was it, how much of that was due to your injury of really realizing I need something else to fill this time, I want something else to be passionate about. You did that start when you were going through that rehab uh
0: it started um because i got injured then and with my second surgery it didn't take as long from the injury to actually getting to my to my actual surgery so i had a little bit of time to like prepare but like in the back of my mind i was like i need to figure out i need to find something else to do to like bounce me out and so uh when i had my second surgery i ended up taking a uh A intro to like a history of comic books class for as a writing intensive and so uh, and so as that writing intensive uh, we actually learned how to do learned how to make a comic book uh, as extra credit and so from there I was like okay I'm a big fan of like Aaron Magruder and the boondocks and so I was like I'm just like during this time I'm just gonna try to learn how to make a cartoon and and so uh, when Borders was around uh, I ended up walking to Borders when they uh, when they had like their closing sale ended up getting this like uh, animation book. And I just started, I just read that cover to cover while I was recovering and and started to like try to learn that process. And, uh, and this is when like YouTube videos started to sort of get more popular in terms of like tutorial YouTube videos. So then I just started like diving deeper and deeper into that.
1: What other things kind of came about? Because it may have started with comics, but you've done a lot more with some film stuff. You're kind of, you were into Vine for a while and to, you know, short, snappy comedic videos and maybe transitioning to the TikTok sphere these days. So it seems like maybe comic books was where it started, but it kind of branched out, right? How did that come about where you uh, kind of expanded to different mediums?
0: Um, It really started with... um... Remember the, the Harlem shake that Harlem shake, like thing that went crazy on YouTube. Uh, so it really, it really started, uh, at that point where I was like, okay, what if I, what if I created an animated video that harnessed the, the essence of like Harlem shake and, uh, and something that's just like wild and crazy that is, will just be like fun to, fun to do. And so I started this, uh, I started this like YouTube, like YouTube video series called a uh, Pokemon twerk team. And I remember when I was working on it up until like two o'clock in the morning and then we had to be up for workouts at five. And so, uh, and so I remember I uh, ended up finishing the video and then posting it and then trying to get to sleep and then oversleeping for the 5 a.m. workout. So I got there like 10 minutes late and I was just like, crap, you know, I'm gonna get in trouble and all this. And, and then I think like right when school got out, that video like blew up. And so in, a, in the matter of like, I remember driving home uh, to California and then my my phone just blowing up with YouTube emails. And so apparently like Tyler, the creator, a few like people from Odd Future, they found it, posted it on Vine. And, uh, and then my views went from like 200 over the course of like three or four months to like 200,000 in like a couple of days. And so then I was just, I was kind of bit by the bug then. I was just like, okay, well, this is obviously something that like I'm good at and people like. And so I started to pursue it from there.
1: Yeah. For those who aren't as familiar with Vine for any for any listeners, that's it was a you know basically six second video, just a website basically, and it was pretty popular for various reasons. It got discontinued a couple years ago. TikTok has to a certain degree filled in that that void and it's similar kind of creative content, real snappy, real quick. And so it shows that you're able to create content that people engage with, find interesting, find funny, and some pretty big people have found your content. So That shows an impressive kind of beginning to where you got there. Um, Take me up to to where you're at now. Uh, What sort of things are you producing now? Where has your art led you to? What kind of things are you working on these days in 2020?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm working on. I want to say like everything that I was doing uh, when I was playing. I'm doing that to like the hundredth level now. Mm. Um, In terms of I I I run like two or three blogs. Uh, I have a few clients that I run blogs for, um, I started a, uh, I started a community podcast project for uh, for North Northeast Portland, uh, and it's really to sort of highlight the the black owned businesses and black owned uh, black entrepreneurs in Portland that are uh, that are um, doing just like great things in the community. Um, I'm also I have like my web comic that I started. Uh, that I was doing through the barometer, that I, I'm still continuing, and that is uh, also an augmented reality book now. So I'm like in the augmented reality space, and then uh, yeah, just various uh, other new projects and things. Uh, I think because of the coronavirus thing, and looking at the 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 currency of affairs for uh, educational opportunities, I, I'm starting my own uh, online tutorial platform and uh and pretty much taking it as an opportunity to uh teach other people uh the processes that i've learned over the course of the years and so uh, so i'm starting to like build out that website and and record those videos as well and uh and hopefully you know
1: start to build a community around just like creating stuff without having to actually go to school to learn those skills can you describe what it means to create an augmented reality book
0: yeah so it's uh so for me, I've always tried to figure out a way to take the animated stuff that I do and put them in a space that doesn't require you to have a uh, a link to it. So it's typically, with like videos and animation, you have to have a YouTube link, you have to have some sort of like screen associated with it, and it gets very very difficult to do that. And so, uh, so since I make books, I decided to actually take that actual video file and actually put that on the pages of the book. And so I use this, uh, I use a game engine called, uh, Unity. And with unity, I'm able to like pretty much mold the two, with the software. And then I pretty much just make an app and uh, tell people to download the app. And whenever they shine their phone over the book with the app, uh, it actually will play the video or it'll play like 3d animation, or you could play like a little game and, uh, and it's just, it's, I think that's sort of like the the culmination of like all the things that I'm interested in that I create. I could actually package into one thing
1: and put it out as one product. And so it's it's
0: pretty surreal right now.
1: To a certain degree, all the things that you've done are are under one umbrella. They're all art. They're all self expression. They're all content creation. But they are all kind of distinct and unique, and they need different skills, traits, use different software, everything you've done from live action videos, animated cartoon videos, graphic design, comic art, illustration, even some costume design. I saw that Mortal Kombat yeah. <laughs> costume you made, the comic book, uh, Adventures in Illtopia. I was kind of looking at that a little bit. I mean, there's a, these are all very nuanced things I kind of get why you might be passionate about all of them but where does that come from to be so variegated in the different things that you've gotten into?
0: Um I would say that it really started as an avenue to balance sort of like the grit and grind of football. I would say that like if I if I wasn't a football player I probably would not be as well versed in all these different things because through the through the injuries through all the ups and downs with like coaches and uh just dealing with sort of the the pain and and strife of playing football um i I needed an outlet and I, i couldn't go to like playing video games and playing 2k all the time uh quite frankly i think my my xbox got stolen one year and so i really didn't have anything uh but it was really sort of like how do i channel all that time and energy into something that isn't that isn't so physically demanding and so uh and so i really started going through this sort of like self-exploration of like what do i what do i really care about uh how do i express myself how do i you know build community and start conversations without having to be everywhere you know and so uh or how do i explain what what's going on in my head without me actually explaining it maybe i could just do something or create something that gives me that sort of that positive outlet and then i could put it out there leave it alone and if it resonates with other people then it resonates with other people but at least i'll make something cool and i could sit and i could talk about that and so uh, and so i kind of like approached it that way in terms of uh i'll just make stuff if i'm feeling a certain way i'll i'll do a project and then when i move on i could look back at that project and and sort of reminisce and be like oh yeah i remember when i was at that space you know it becomes kind of a a time capsule for me and then uh and then people will find it and uh because of the internet you know people will find it and And people will
1: be like, oh, that was cool, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I find it interesting the nuance of how much people, when they're creating whatever artistic thing they're doing, whether they're an author, a broadcaster, uh an athlete themselves they're making whatever type of art they're doing is how much they do it for themselves because they're passionate about it and how much they're doing it to get a certain reaction and it's understandable either way they're both valid reasons to a certain degree i liked what you put on your website about your comic book adventures of illtopia You describe it as a comic book series that explores what it's like for children of color to live in a world with a lack of role models in their life. It's full of explosions, talking animals, funny jokes, and cultural relevancy. That's a a cool line there. How how much, when you're creating the comic book and all the other content that you create, are you doing it just because you're passionate about it? I'm gonna do it, and if people relate to it great but I, I would do it even if nobody ever read it or looked at it and how much is it I'm doing it because I really want to make a difference I want a certain reaction and difference to be made in a community and for my audience
0: yeah I think uh for me it's it's always that I always start with every project that I do it always has to be a person a, you know a purpose that resonates with me so I understand that if it resonates with me then it's probably going to resonate with somebody else and so that's probably as far as I go with uh you know creating stuff for other people and then it's just a matter of uh what am i actually trying to say or do with this project to to where the the focus becomes more laser driven and i think that uh that approach is you know something that i've i've always learned from playing that you know you start with this idea you start with this goal and once you you know over time the goal will manifest into something and it just it just it depends on how focused you stayed on that initial goal mm. and so uh and so with like Iltopia, it, it it really was something that i began to look at and explore while i was playing football when i'm working out with guys that didn't have their fathers in their lives i'm working out with guys i didn't have that uh that stable sort of structure that i grew accustomed to and so it became just an opportunity for me to sort of reflect on the positive things that I have in my life, despite the things, the negative things that were going on, and so even though I'm like in a wheelchair, even though I'm like doing all these things and and you know pinching pennies together and all that, um, you know I I always imagine like how my life would be uh, playing football or doing other things if I didn't have the if I didn't have my father in my life, and mm-hmm. so uh, so with that uh, you know with Utopia that that's really sort of the conversation and the conversation that I'm having with myself uh, played out in some, you know, crazy form of a, form of a story that, uh, that people can find enjoyment to.
1: Yeah. Did, did your family background play a huge role in this? Do you really try to put yourself in the mind of whoever's reading it and not using too much of your own background to just create that? Or how, how much was that an influence for you?
0: Uh, I would say that the two, uh, two, two characters, if, uh, if people have like followed me through sort of my, uh, my comic book journey, uh, uh, two of the characters are essentially, uh, me if I didn't play football and me, if I didn't have my father in my life. Mm. And yeah. so, uh, and so, yeah, there's a, there's a personal connection there with, uh, with two characters specifically. Yeah. And then, um, and then I think one is, uh, if my, de- if my father did not have a son, how would he be? Mm. And so, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, that's the beautiful thing about creating, Imaginative stories is that you get to explore what would life be like if blank, and and you don't know perfectly. It's not a complete virtual reality, but it, it's something that you create and you can. I could see how that would be cathartic to to make that. Um, let me run through this one other part on your website. I saw and I just was uh, so fascinated by how you kind of wrote this. this is a very brief description where you just list off the different places you live and just write on the center of your bio on your website and it says Stephen escaped from sacramento stranded in honolulu freeloaded in corvallis couch surfed in los angeles dodged bullets in richmond and then finally creating and conquering in portland oregon so i want to run through each of those real briefly if you want to give me just like a just a snapshot of each of those places and why you chose that word you know, escape from Sacramento, that's an interesting one. You know, freeloaded for Corvallis, I'll run through a one by one, just real quick. So start with Sacramento, escaped, why Why that word for Sacramento?
0: Yeah, I think um, when, like quite often from like places like uh, where I'm from, uh, leaving leaving the place that like you grew up in is sort of a milestone. And so uh, because I had a football scholarship, I actually was able to go to Hawaii and I would have never went to Hawaii if I didn't have a football scholarship. Mm -hmm. And so uh, like a lot of people that I grew up with, I mean, everybody just stayed in Sacramento, you know, or they went to the Bay Area. And so uh, and so I finally had my opportunity to
1: leave and it opened up my eyes to all the other places that were available. Yeah. So you move on to Hawaii, you play four years there and the word you chose was stranded in Honolulu. Why that adjective?
0: Yeah, because it's uh it takes what it costs like four or five hundred dollars to uh to leave the island <laughs> and uh and I had two hip surgeries. So uh so I was in a wheelchair for a couple of months there. So I literally couldn't even walk, you know, and uh and it just, you know, in those places it requires money and you know, for many student athletes and many uh college
1: students and stuff like
0: that, you really don't have that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So then you come back to the mainland, you have your 30 for 30 moment while playing for Oregon State for a couple of years, getting your master's degree. You say freeloaded, an interesting word. Why freeloaded in Corvallis?
0: Yeah, because I, when I wrote that, I was in this point in time where I pretty much like finished, like I, I finished school and I, I was just like there you know just like creating stuff Uh, i think most of when i got into like the really got into like the vine thing um i didn't i didn't really have a job i was like working on different projects here and there but things were like inconsistent um like my dad was kind of helping me out with like with bills and stuff and i wasn't playing i didn't get picked up and so uh and so i was just kind of just there trying to figure stuff out uh until uh until things started to like start to stick and uh
1: and it really
0: just felt like I was just kind of just stuck
1: there, and I couldn't really do much. Yeah, and then two, a couple more. You couch surfed in Los Angeles and dodge bullets in Richmond. Seems like a pretty eventful couple of stops there in California.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, so after I left Corvallis, um, I pretty much took uh, took all the stuff that I was working on with like VFX and everything, and, and thought I could you know get a job with the with the portfolio I had. A little did I know that's not how the industry works especially in LA and I essentially was uh, sleeping on my cousin's couch my uh yeah I was sleeping on my cousin's couch with the uh, with my friend Daryl um, who's actually having like a very very like good career now uh, who would have thought and then uh and then I was sleeping on my yeah my sister's couch my cousin's couch my friend's couch and I did that for about six months until uh until I decided okay I can't you know, I can't just, I'm running out of money. I can't do this anymore. And then I uh, moved up to, with my dad in Richmond and it essentially gave it, um, for people that aren't familiar with Richmond, Richmond, California is a, uh, I mean, it's it's gotten better over the years, but there was a point in time where it was one of the dangerous, dangerous most dangerous uh, cities in California, if not, you know, the United States. And so, uh, and so one of the things that like my dad uh, has always stuck with me, like, you know, throughout my life is that I've always wanted to be a, um, I always wanted to be a a skateboarder, you know, like a a cool skateboarder. And they built a skate park, like not too far from like where my grandmother lived. And so, um, and so every time I tried to go there, I couldn't because, um, there's a, there's a, there's a, there was an incident that happened, um, like near my grandmothers. If people were familiar with uh, Terrence Kelly, uh, who was supposed to go to Oregon, but he, uh, he ended up getting killed uh, like the day before he was supposed to be um, going, going to Oregon. Uh, he, when he was in Richmond, uh, he was actually two doors down from, he was actually two doors down from uh, where my grandmother lives and, uh, and he was killed on that street. And so, uh, and so like just that, that vivid picture of, uh, you know, Terrence Kelly not, not being there, uh juxtaposed with me like you know coming from oregon state and and trying to pursue different things it, it's just a it's a it's always a reminder for me yeah. and so uh and so dodging bullets in richmond because you know like uh, that that is a that was a was a very real reality for me yeah and then um and then yeah you know i i, I found a lot of opportunities in portland and it, it it's been really interesting because all the things that i've Uh, decided to do in Portland Uh, I tried to do in LA and in the Bay Area and and I got like you know 20 times
1: further in a a small amount of time. Hmm. So all that leads you to Portland and creating and conquering is the word and by the way you said Daryl and having a great career which Daryl is this that you mentioned?
0: Yeah so uh, so Daryl Jackson uh, the infamous Daryl Jackson um, he was a, a football player he no, I, he ended up like medical retiring, uh, prior to, uh, me coming to Oregon state. Uh, but he had like hip surgery, much like me. And he ended up, he took the route of like retiring, uh, uh despite, you know, my route and he ended up working with like PAC 12 and he, he did a whole bunch of stuff with uh, in video production. And so now he's doing, um, yeah, he's, he's, I think he's like in Atlanta right now. And he's, uh, he's like, running a lot of, like, running all, like, the replay op- operations and uh, for, like, court TV and stuff. So, like, he, he's, you know, he has, a pretty, he has
1: a pretty good gig right now. Um. Okay. Okay. Uh, so to wrap that all up of, of everything you just listed off, this, the brevity is perfect on your bio on the website. Escape from Sacramento, stranded in Honolulu, freeloaded in Cravales, couch surfed in Los Angeles, dodged bullets in Richmond, and then creating and conquering in Portland as you look back at all the stops that you've made, all the experiences, the hip surgeries, the playing career, the hanging up the cleats and moving on to different things, what have you, what have you learned through the last couple decades of your life and how are you different now than you were uh, five, ten years ago? I think
0: uh, for me, it's, all, it's always been about like, where my convictions have lied. You know, um, I, always, I always parse it down to like, You know at the core of who i am and what i do it's there's always the athletic component there's always the artistic component and there's always the academic component and uh through those like three things i i just hope to like inspire people entertain people and empower people to like do whatever the heck they want to do and so it's um really just that that conviction of having having those goals and wanting to achieve something and then really having the the determination to see those through and uh and i think one of the things that like i people often tell me now but uh the reason i've been able to like you know get further and do all these things like play d1 football and get an interception but also be a second year grad student and then make a documentary and be in theaters and make ar apps is it's just um really following through on the things that I, I set out to do yeah. and, uh, and following through not only for like my stuff, but also for the things that like I, uh, make commitments with other people too. Yeah. And I think that that's just something that I, for me, I've, I've learned it from playing football. Um, and I've rarely found those other sort of like life lessons or experiences, uh, you know, from other things that I've done, uh, but it, it's, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's just one of those things that, like, you know, you you start to appreciate as you get older and you learn and you realize, like, the the things that you've learned and other things, uh, other sort of like sports or academics or other experiences, uh, can be translated to you know the things that you're passionate about.
1: So with all that, there's still a whole nether side of your future that we haven't even touched on at all yet you're trying to get into medical school. And that's on top of all the other things we've discussed and all your other passions. To a certain degree, I I could totally see it. You're Pac-12 all-academic first team when you were at Oregon State. You graduated from Hawaii with a degree in psychology and emphasis on neuroscience. So you already had a degree before you even transferred to Oregon State, spent two years at OSU, got your master's there in Corvallis, and now trying to get into medical school. How does that fit into your whole life plan right now you've got so many other projects that you're working on it seems like you're plenty busy with all that and then medical school i mean that's something that people could create uh, that's a whole podcast in and of itself so h- how does that fit in i know you're, you're here like here at the end of this month uh, the final verdict so first of all where, where did you apply where might you go and then how does that fit into your hopes and dreams for the next few years for your life
0: yeah so uh so that was actually like the whole medical school thing again, and the reason i moved up to Portland uh, was because I was trying to get into OHSU. And so I probably, I wouldn't be in Portland if it wasn't because, uh, for OHSU. Um, and one of the things that I did is that I, I, pretty much talked to my dad, uh, when I was living down there and I was like, okay, well, you know, I just got into Portland state to do like some prereqs and stuff in their post-bac program. And from there, if, uh, if things go right, I can use that as an opportunity with like, my Oregon state connections and all that to try to get like, that would be like the best possible place for me to go. And, um, and so I sort of like set out to do that what, in 2015, yeah, in 2015, I, I pretty much like came up with that plan with my dad. And so, uh, and so I just kind of just saw that through, uh, packed up my car, got a credit card, packed everything up and, and moved up to Portland and, and, and pursued that dream. Uh, not knowing that I was going to stumble across all the other stuff that I'm doing creatively. Uh, but it 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 really, it was one of those things to where, you know, I had to think about, okay, you know, football is over. What is something that will be able to uh, engage me as much as football did? And like one of the, one of, I wouldn't even say it's a regret, but one of the things I wish I would have done is instead of getting a master's, actually pursue like a PhD, but uh but doing that and playing football obviously like you, you never know how that's gonna go uh and so i was like okay if i don't pursue my phd i would i would like to pursue like an md uh, because i just didn't grow up seeing uh black doctors you know and uh and seeing sort of like that that gap in uh, what i wanted to see and what i what I actually experienced, you know if i didn't see black doctors and more more than likely others wouldn't but I, i've seen plenty of you know black football players i've seen plenty of you know black this black that black entertainers but you know a doctor was just not somebody that i i saw quite often and and so you know just understand that like i'm good at science i i'm i like people i i like engaging with uh, different communities i like traveling i i just thought that it would it would be it'd be a good opportunity or good pathway a career path that i could invest you know the rest of my life with uh something that i can immerse myself in that that can compete with football because when like football when football was gone it was gone and you can't like as a player a lot of players know this but like you know when when the when the sport is over you you either have to leave on your own terms or it'll just like res like it'll just linger with you forever and uh and i didn't want to go into an industry that uh that i would have that similar feeling with And so you know if i end up being a doctor i could do that till i'm 70 and and i could write books i could do all these different things and uh and it and it really sort of like gravitated me towards that towards that profession a lot deeper and deeper
1: yeah well i say this of you and i I think i mean it with a lot of people but especially with you is whatever you put your mind to you seem to be pretty pretty creative and successful with it. So I believe you're going to do some pretty amazing things. Best of luck with that. I hope you get in and I hope you do amazing things. It's been awesome to hear your story and all the things you've already excelled in and what's yet to come. Thanks so much for sharing all your passions and your story and how Oregon state fit into that. I really appreciate your time, Stephen. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thanks for having me. There are few athletes who really remind me of Stephen Christian. He's so unique in his interests and how particular he gets about the different artistic areas he's gotten into. If the stereotype of dumb jock, especially in football, hasn't already been disproven, at least in some people, uh, Stephen Christian is the poster child, a guy who's been so artistic, produced so many really quality pieces of art, and getting into med school, or at least you know in the process of applying to get in, he is quite the innovative and experimental artist and it's really fun to see what he's put out there you can find his artwork at illtopia.com i l t o p i a.com you can see that url down in the show notes really want to wish him well on his future and thank him for coming on the podcast a lot more fun interviews to come they don't stop here on the beaver tales podcast i'm josh warden as always go be.